Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Grab your Bibles. You stay in your seats today. I want to deal with a subject that I want to title, Do You Know What Time It Is? Ask your neighbor. Go ahead, ask him. Do you know what time it is? <laughs> now, I want to share something with you, and I want you to ask that question again. Uh, for you Bible students, you know this, and you have found it in your Bible and studied it. Uh, it's not, nothing new for a lot of you. For you that didn't understand it, you can go. If you have a Greek concordance or whatever, you can break these words down and find this information too uh, true. But the Greeks, uh, in the Greek, there's, there's more words for time than what we know. There's two words for, <laughs> for time. One of them is kairos and one of them is chronos. Y'all have heard those words? Kairos and chronos. Chronos is chronological time. It's uh, sequential time. Uh, you can look at your watch or you can look at the calendar and know what chronos uh, time it is. But Kairos time is a set time. It's uh, the right time. Kairos time is a specific or opportune moment that is divinely appointed. That's, that's, that's Kairos time. Kronos time is, is obvious and easy, easily detected. Amen? You can ask somebody what time it is. All you got to do is Kronos. You can, all you got to do is look at your watch. All you got to do is look at the clock. All you got to do is look at the calendar to know where we're at chronologically. But Kairos time can only be directed or detected by discernment. It can only be detected by the Holy Spirit because it is so divinely appointed. So now I want you to ask your neighbor, do you know what kairos it is? What do you think about that? Amen. Do you know what kairos it is? Amen. So, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number five, it says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. And the word time there is kairos. And to redeem means to buy. Listen to me. It means to buy. It means to rescue from loss. It means to buy, uh, to rescue from loss by payment or something equivalent. In other words, kairos is going to cost you something. Your divine appointment and purpose is going to, it's going to cost you an investment. It's, it's going to, you're going to have to rescue that kairos moment for your life. See, chronos is a free gift. Everybody gets that. I don't know how much of it you got. You don't know how much of it you got, but everybody gets the free gift of Kronos time when you was born. Are you following me? Amen. But Kairos has got to be bought. It's going to have to be paid for. In other words, you're going to have to surrender some Kronos to experience your Kairos. 
Huh? If you're not aware of this concept that I'm about to share with you, and I will submit to you right now, this is a Kairos message. I have never held a message as long as I've held this message. It's been more than a month, a few months with this message, and it never was time, and it never was time. So I need you to help me right now. Reach over and shake your neighbor and tell them, this is your Kairos moment. Everybody, everybody, everybody. There's no doubt in my mind I'm about to reveal to you your Kairos, or the Holy Spirit's about to reveal to you your (laughs) Kairos moment. So if you're not aware of this, you'll live in your Kronos time and you'll miss your Kairos time. I don't know. Are y'all ready for this this morning? You'll live in your Kronos time and you'll miss your Kairos time. What is Kairos again? That's the set time. That's the appointed time. That's the time God wrote in the book. For you to fulfill at an appointed time in life. And I can't say it emphatically enough, now is your time. So if you're not aware of this concept, you'll live in your Kronos time, you'll miss your Kairos time, and the shame of that is uh, uh, that your predetermined divine purpose is only found in Kairos. I'm going to say that again. This, this is an awesome film this morning. Your predetermined purpose, divine purpose of God in its predetermined time, amen, cannot be found in Kronos time. It can only be found in Kairos time. And when that time comes, you got to seize it. You got to seize it. Kronos time is sequential. It'll come back around. You missed harvest this year, planting, Brother Guerrero. That's all right. It'll come back around. But you don't have a guarantee that your Kairos moment is coming back. You you can miss it, and you can miss it forever if you don't seize that moment. Amen. As a matter of fact, for some of you, your Kronos is robbing you of your Kairos. This is too much for me. Amen. Your, your, your chronos is so full, there's no opportunity for a kairos moment in your life. So Satan is using your chronos to keep you out of your kairos. Too busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I ain't got time to pray. I ain't got, I ain't got time to go to Bible study. I ain't got time. Who am I preaching to this morning uh, besides everybody? I ain't got time to stop and witness. I ain't got time to say this. I ain't got time to do this. I ain't got time to take 20 seconds and do this because I am on a time clock. Chronos time. Chronos time. Amen. And my chronos has took over that there is no more kairoses in my life. Therefore, I am totally unfulfilled. Now, my scriptures. Ecclesiastes chapter number three and verse number one. <clears throat> to everything, somebody shout everything. To everything, there is a chronos and a kairos to every purpose under the heaven. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Every divine purpose for your life has its own time stamped on it. Nothing is coincidental. 
when it comes to the time of God. A lot of coincidence in Kronos time. But in this time we're dealing with, he said, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Everything in your life is governed by time. Everything you do is built around and influenced by time. It's the greatest gift you're ever going to have. You shouldn't waste it. Every season comes from God and it's good in its time. A good thing can come a bad thing when it's not done in the right time. Amen? Good things can become bad things. Matter of fact, verse 11 in my text, uh, uh, you could pop that up if you want to. Amen. It says, uh, he has made everything beautiful in, and the actual translation is in its. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Even things you don't like when it was God's timing, it's beautiful. It's necessary. It is necessary. And if we cooperate, God, y'all got to go with me this morning. If we co cooperate with Kairos, then the predestined divine purpose of God can and will be fulfilled in your life. Amen? Kairos time. Matter of fact, uh, and, and you can't, I can't help but think about farming. I'm not a very uh, a big farmer. But a successful farmer knows that time and seasons only work for him and with him when he learns to work with time and seasons. When a farmer learns to work with his chronos, times and seasons, the entire universe is backing him up. The winds are for him. The rains are for him. The sun is for him. The atmosphere is for him. So the former success ain't necessarily found in the seed as much as it's found in the time. Because he can plant the same seed in December and it wouldn't produce the same thing it would produce in March and April. And, and the farmer doesn't stand on the side of his field, so I just don't understand it. I sowed, I planted, amen, and it ain't produced anything. Hmm, must be bad seed. No, he's done learned. There is a system that he can work with. And it's, it's, it's a witness of Kairos that if I know what time it is, ask your neighbor, do you know what time it is? If I know what time it is and I begin to work with the atmosphere, then I have all of creation and the creator of creation is now working with me to produce a purpose. Oh my God, can we take this deeper? Y'all still in Ecclesiastes? Chapter number three, verse number two. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to break down and a time to build up. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to dance. There's a time to cast away. Isn't it amazing that everything I'm reading is bipolar opposites? Amen. So whatever state you're in right now, you can count on it that the opposite's coming your way. So if you can dance, 
If you can dance, you better dance, baby, dance. Because there's coming another season, you're going to be weeping. <laughs> Somebody look at your neighbor and tell them, what an encouraging word. It's the laws of our universe and the world that we live in. But remember, everything is beautiful in its time. Five, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to get, somebody read it for me. This just can't be God's will. I'm not supposed to be running short this month. This just can't be God's will. But all of a sudden, I read Ecclesiastes 3, verse number 11, and everything is beautiful in its time because that's the time he gives me to trust. And to God, it's a beautiful thing to see you trust him when you think everything is out of season. Time to lose, a time to keep. There's a time to cast away. A time to rent, a time to sow, a time to keep silence. There's one for you. There is a time to shut up. Somebody ought to shake your neighbor on that right there. There is a time you don't need to tweet it or blog it or post it. Amen? Tell your neighbor, don't post it. Don't post it. Sometimes you post, keep your mouth shut. Some of you need to know the difference between Facebook and a diary. Somebody help me. Huh? Amen. Keep your diary in your bedroom. There's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. Some of you need to pray for wisdom in that area. There's a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time of war and a time of peace. Another place, man, my scriptures are long this morning, but we started early. John chapter number five, verse number two. Don't worry about turning there. Watch her, boom, she'll pop it right up on the screen. Now, there is Jerusalem. <coughs> now, there is, in, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. Now, we're not talking a lot about a bathtub. This pool was 365 feet long, 180 foot wide, and 80 foot deep. We're talking about a pool, right? It had five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. In this lay a great multitude of weak, feeble, people wanting strength or power, unable by nature, disabled, diseased, amen, by accident or whatever, not to be able, dysfunctional by calamity or sickness. Upon these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a Kairos time. Not just any season, a certain season. For an angel went down at a certain season, at a Kairos moment, into the pool, and he done what? He troubled the water. The word trouble means disturbed, agitated, afflicted. He disturbed, he agitated, he afflicted the water. 
And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Amen. I think there may have been a little slight translation. I don't think I could do injury to the text by saying that I really believe Ben's the pool was so big that it wasn't one person that got healed, but it was every person that got in while the water was agitated. I mean, you know, that don't make it or break it. But Ben's, it was so big, I think everyone who could get in in that Kairos moment got their miracle. Amen. And if you don't like that, we do know that the first one in got his miracle. But he had to go in the trouble. He had to move when it was agitated. That was his sign. It's time to move out of my dysfunction because the water is being agitated. And you thought it was him. You thought it was a spouse. You thought it was your job situation that got you so agitated. Boy, y'all are quiet this morning. Huh? You, you, you thought it was circumstances. Will you go with me now? Can we dive deep? I'll try to keep it as short as possible. The book of Romans teaches us, and some of you know this scripture. Nisha will put it on the screen, 1 in 20. The book of Romans teaches us that, catch this. Uh, wait, take it off so they're not reading while I say this. This scripture you're about to read is about to teach you that the invisible, spiritual, supernatural realm of God and even his character and his nature can be seen and understood simply by understanding the world we live in. Isn't that phenomenal? That God said, I'm not going to expect you to understand an invisible God, so everything I cre create is going to possess my qualities, and if you can understand them, you can understand me. Give me the scripture to back up what I'm saying. For the invisible things of God of him from the creation of the world are what? Clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that we are without excuse. Isn't that powerful? In other words, all of creation is a reflection of the very character and the nature of his creator. You can look at the world that God created and how it's created to function and see and understand God and how he functions. And he said, you are without excuse. He said, I'm not buying into that. Well, I just don't know God. I can't understand God. I just, he said, I've created everything to where if you'll just look at the world around you, you'll start understanding how I operate. Amen? For example, the laws of nature. Scientists agree that the universe is governed by dependable, somebody shout dependable, immutable, absolute, universal, mathematical laws. It's unreal. In other words, the laws of nature are so precise that the activity of every planet can be computed to the exact time and the exact place it will be in its rotation thousands of years from now. Isn't that phenomenal? Google it. Not right now. 
You, you, you can Google, that's where I get this stuff. There's already a time and a date computed for every eclipse, every full moon, every blue moon. The consistency of creation is unbelievably constant. Creation is so consistent that we have a leap year every four years. And it's designed to keep the calendar year synchronized with the astronomical solar year. Because our calendar is, our calendar year is 300 and what? Some of you are saying, hmm. Y'all been out of school too long. Jordan, come on, son. You're in school every day. 365 days in our calendar year. But the actual solar year, which is how long it takes the earth to rotate around the sun, are you with me? Is 365 and one quarter days. So every four year, every four quarters, or every four years, we have to add a day to, to our calendar, and that's called our leap year. Because we're having to keep up with what God is doing. And, and I don't mean to bore you, but this stuff amazes me because it's so much more precise than that. The, actual, the earth actually rotates around the sun every 365 days, 48 minutes, and 46 seconds at 67,000 miles an hour. So that actually means there is 11 minutes and 14 seconds less than a full quarter of a day. So to compensate for 11 minutes and 14 second lost, leap year has to be omitted, omitted, omitted three times every 400 years. Y'all are saying, why are you telling us this useless information? I'm just trying for you to get a grasp on the consistency of God's creation, how unbelievably constant it is. And he said, if you can understand the world you live in, you can understand me. If you understand how consistent my creation is, you can wrap your mind around how constant I am. The speed of light remains constant. It don't matter if it's coming out of a, a kid's flashlight or a commercial Q-beam. It's traveling 126,000 miles per second and it's constant. It never changes. Never changes. It's constant. You can depend on it. You can trust in it. You can work with it because it's constant. If there was no consistency in the world you live in, you would be totally unproductive because you wouldn't know how to work with it. The law of gravity is never random. It's constantly consistent and totally dependable. So there's something in me that understands the laws of gravity. So if I understand the law of gravity and I know how to work with it, I can, I can fulfill a certain purpose. My purpose is to get this water bottle to Jordan. Oh, he can catch I throw it back with him. Don't drink it. Well, I wasn't a receiver when I played ball. I was a water boy. You thought I'd have caught that. So 
So, so, so what am I doing? How is the bottle going to him every time? Because I'm working with the unseen forces you cannot see. Amen? I cannot, come on, let's play. I cannot override or neglect these forces. But if I'm smart enough, just work with the laws. I can be successful. I can get it done. And I'm smart enough to know if I want to do a little more, if I, if I want to accomplish a little more than just getting this to Jordan, then I can. I'm sorry, Sister Cleo. She's just a doctor. I didn't know if he could catch it either. <clears throat> Come on, throw it back to me. Are you understand what I'm saying? If the laws of the gravity were not constant and consistent, I couldn't have the confidence that I could get this bottle to him because I don't know what the forces are going to do. And they may. So I'm all worried and I'm nervous. Throw me the ball. Amen. Are you serious right now? You wasn't in sports, I can tell that right now. Amen. Huh? Hey, listen to me. And all I got to do is understand how consistent the laws of gravity is, and it allows me to know if I can jump from here to there. Do I need to rethink this? Huh? Amen. And, 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 and they're so constant, and it's so in me to know them and understand them that I can... Could I get an applause? No problem. Why? Because I am working with nature. I'm working with the forces that God set in order. And if I really feel springy, oh God, would someone pray? I'm not sure. I'm scared. Would you come do it for me? He said, I got it. <clears throat> Amen. But the deal is, I had to compensate and I had to work with gravity, but I knew gravity would work with me, but I also know what my limitations are. God said, if you can understand the very laws that operate in this world, there is a force working with you that you can tap into and you can work with it to be successful in your purpose. Can we go deeper? To everything. There is a set time and season for every purpose, and it's constant. <laughs> I don't know why that wore me out. It never changes. There's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest. So when I know the season is coming, I can get ready for it. I can not only get ready for it, I can work with it, and I can produce a crop. These laws are consistent, constantly consistent. They're immutable and dependable. The consistency of the sunrise and sunset is a daily testimony of how consistent God is. Amen? So you ain't gonna worry if I'm gonna show up or not. He said, just as well as you know that sun's going to come up in the morning, I'm going to show up in your life. He said, so as long as the sun's coming up in the morning, don't worry. But when it refuses to shine and to rise, you know that I have fell off my throne. Am I helping anybody yet? This consistency 
is what makes the universe you live in productive. And it enables you and I as inhabitants of this world to work in harmony with these laws. Some of you are breaking the laws of nature and you don't understand why you're being afflicted like you are. Amen. Just because you've professed the name of Jesus does not negate there's natural laws you got to abide by. And if you don't, and you break the natural laws, they are natural consequences that's going to plague your life. I don't care how much you pray and speak in tongues. God just loves me too much. He loves me too much for me to break my leg. This gravity has no power over me. Woo! I'm feeling it now. I just... I just feel the Holy Spirit. And I don't believe gravity has any power over me because God loves me too much and he's gonna override this stupid decision I'm about to do. I am preaching 100 miles an hour. (laughs) He, He don't see me or gravity, he just sees Jesus. Golly, I don't know if y all catching all this. So I'm just gonna jump off this mountain. And I'm just going to float to the ground. Amen. Well, the devil, t- I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm afraid. Uh, y'all are waiting for me to jump. I can see the suspense in her face right there. Oh, my God. Don't do it, Pastor. You're getting old. Amen. The, the, the devil tried to get Jesus to jump off the mountain and say, oh, you ain't got to worry about it. God loves you. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. They are laws in this world we live in that have consequences. I don't care how full of the Holy Ghost you are. Oh, there's a direction I'm wanting to go in there, but I just can't. I ain't got time. So these laws, they do not change. They do not vary. They can be trusted always to be and do the same thing. God's world is constantly preaching how consistent he is. It's constantly preaching how constant and unwavering he is. He is faithful. He is predictable. He is what, and and his predictability. We've created a false gospel that God is mysterious. Nowhere in your Bible does it say that God is mysterious. The word mystery is in there a lot, but that's not the same as mysterious because mysterious means it cannot be known. A mystery can be revealed. And we've created this, this false doctrine that God is so mysterious that I don't never know that, you know, that old saying that you thought was a scripture, God works in mysterious ways. It ain't in there. Why? Because I can't trust him if he's not predictable. I, I can't trust a God that I don't know what he's going to do. Amen. I don't know if he's going to catch me when I fall. I don't know if he's going to help me. I don't know if he's going to be there. But God is so predictable that that's what your faith is built on. Can y'all receive that this morning? That's what your faith is built on. Now, I'm not saying you have faith. You may not have faith. It's because we don't understand these principles that God has set in order. He is faithful. He's predictable. Amen. And his predictability is what allows me to have faith. 
He said, every good gift comes from above, from your father who, who is no variableness and there's no shadow of turning. He said, I am the Lord. I don't change. I don't change. Us religious folks love this scripture. Amen. When the hymn book started going out, we started quoting this scripture. God never changes. Remember that? Amen. We missed it entirely. Amen. God's nature never changes. His character never changes. His disposition never changes. Methods always change. That's what God's saying. If I ever said it, you can bank on it. Because I don't say nothing, something and have to come back and change it. Are y'all okay this morning? So the whole universe is a constant, consistent cycle. They're absolutes. They can be trusted. They are dependable. And these cycles is what teaches you absolutes. These cycles teaches you the consistency and the constancy of God's love. Listen to this scripture, Genesis 8, 22. It says, while the earth remains, seed time, harvest, Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Seed time, harvest time, cold, heat, day and night are constant, unchanging cycles. Teaching us the constancy and the consistency of God. Amen. That's why I can walk out at night and say, you know what? It's dark. It's dark right now, but I don't have to panic because I know the sun's coming up in the morning. Amen. Somebody ought to catch that word right there. Amen. I, I done been in so many cycles. I done been in so many cycles. Is anybody in this place? Amen. To know this is a dark situation in my life and it don't look real good right now, but I've been in enough cycles to know that joy is going to come in the morning. The sun's coming up. I need to stop right here and give somebody a word. You in the night season in your life right now. Hey, don't make permanent decisions on a cycle. Don't make permanent decisions in cycles because that cycle's gonna change. Don't embrace depression. Light's coming in the morning. Amen. That's what gives me the strength in the nighttime because I know daytime's coming. You may be shuddering and cold and indifferent. Amen. Feel like God ain't within a thousand miles. Well, I got good news for you. The seasons have done taught me the springtime's coming. Springtime's coming. Somebody help me preach. Tell your neighbor springtime's coming. He said, these are laws I have established that will not cease as long as this world remains. To everything, there's a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. And they're designed, catch this now, they're designed to work with you. These seasons, this time, this kairos is designed to work with you for every purpose under heaven. First Corinthians says, and they use this world as not abusing it. In other words, you was not created for the world. The world was created for you. You was not created for that job. That job was created for you. I don't think you caught that. Some of you don't understand that because your job is robbing your relationship. 
with God, your family, Amen. And, 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 and we think, amen, that we were created for the, the, the world, but he said the world was created for you and I've designed it to work with you, not you work with it. Well, let me put that another word. I was designed for it to work with you, amen, and for you not to be controlled by it. And when you learn to work with the world that you're living in, amen, it begins to work for you. God said, I'm going to establish a time Here we go. Go with me now. I'm going to establish a time and a season that's going to be conducive for the very thing, the purpose, the thing you're desiring. He said, I'm going to to create a season for it. And that season is going to give you the opportunity to co-labor with God and God's creation to produce your desired end. Did you catch that? Now, remember, he said to every specific thing and purpose, every desire, there's a specific time and season, which actually translates to everything, to every purpose, there's a window of opportunity. Somebody say opportunity. That has to be recognized and accessed in order for that to work for you in its fullest potential. It's all about timing. It's all about time. Because at this specific time, all the forces of heaven are working with you to fulfill that purpose that God has got for you. And when that time comes, when that season presents itself, you got, you cannot delay. You got to move. You got to move. You got to take action immediately. You got to know what time it is and you've got to move. Amen. Somebody ask your neighbor, do you know what time it is? Not Kronos, but Kairos, amen. Do you know what time it is? When that time comes, you gotta know when it's time to plant. You gotta know when it's time to harvest. You gotta know when it's time to break down. And you gotta know when it's time to build up. You gotta know when it's time to be alone. And you gotta know when it's time to embrace. We don't understand this concept anymore. We always need people around us giving us affirmation and confirmation. There comes a time when I need to be alone. There comes a time when it don't need to be nobody but me and God. There comes a time when you need to get off Facebook and and Twitter and all these things, amen, and quit pulling for a word and an affirmation and say, it is time for me to be alone with God. There is a time to embrace and there is a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to cast away stones. There's a time to gather stones. There's a time, amen, you got to know. You got to know. You got to know what time it is. You got to know what time it is. You can't be breaking things down when it's time to build them up. You can't be throwing rocks when you were supposed to be gathering rocks. Amen? Because you got mad at your neighbor and you threw a rock at him when really that rock was for a giant. And when it come time to kill the giant, you done threw your rock. Oh my God. So no wonder the devil had your neighbor agitating you. Amen? Because God had given you ammunition to tear down some strongholds in your life and you was too busy. 
I am preaching better than y'all shouting this morning, but I'm going to amen myself. Huh? Amen. And then when the real enemy comes, you're, oh my God. I ain't got no rocks to throw. Amen. I was throwing when I should have been gathering. I was insulting when I should have been complimenting, amen? Because then I would have what it takes to throw these rocks at the real giant who is the enemy in my life. Somebody give the Lord a hand, pray. Tell your neighbor, you gotta know, you gotta know. You gotta know, you can't be rending when you're supposed to be sowing. Amen? You, 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 you can't be speaking when you're supposed to be silent. That's what Joshua told him when he was marching around the walls of Jericho. He said, don't say a word. Don't say a word. I believe the reason he wouldn't, he said, you got to march around seven times, seven days, seventh day, you got to march seven times and you can't say a word. I believe the reason they couldn't say a word because everything they seen was impossible. <coughs> and he didn't want them talking about the impossibility of the mission. Amen. There comes a time in your life when the situation looks so impossible so impregnable, so, 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 uh, so difficult that if you do speak, all you're going to speak, amen, is the difficulty of your situation. So there comes a time, remember what mama used to say, if you can't say nothing, don't say nothing at all. There comes a time to keep your mouth shut. When someone's trying to pull you into a gossip session, it is time to keep your mouth shut. Why? Because you're trying to find Kairos time. Gossip will waste all your Kronos time. And it'll take up all your Kronos time. And when it takes all Kronos time, there's no avenue for, avenue for Kairos time to get into your life. And we're gonna miss God running our heads. God, this is good preaching this morning. About the wrong time at the wrong place. That's the other thing, and I can't belabor these too long, amen. Sometimes it needs to be said, but it don't need to be said in the atmosphere and to the people you're saying it to. Some things need to be dealt with, Amen. But they don't need to be dealt with in certain times and seasons, amen, and situations. We're tempted to share negativity with people who have a negative spirit. We know them. We know them. We don't like sharing information with people who's going to be positive. I know just who to share it with. Because they're going to get in there and say, you know what, you're right. I don't know why they're treating you like that. You don't deserve that. They, they shouldn't be talking to you like that. Huh? Are y'all okay this morning? Hey, that, that ain't even right. But, amen, when you share them same words at the right time and to the right person, they're going to be telling you, you better let her loose. You better let that go. You better forget what they're saying about you, amen. You better quit throwing your rocks in the wrong places. You got bigger giants to kill in your life and there's no sense in racing such a powerful rock on such a menial enemy. Hey, 
He said, you got to know, you got to know, amen, you got to know, amen, you can't be going to war when it's supposed to be a time of peace. You, you, you can't go to war, amen, never go to war where there are no spoils. Did you catch that? Never go to war where there are no spoils. In other words, you need to determine what am I going to get out of engaging this conversation, just what do I stand to win, amen, by winning this argument? This would do away with a whole lot of nonsense in your life. Huh? You get to walk off saying I won? Can I tell you something? You never win. You never win. Amen. He said, so do you know what time it is? He said, knowing the time, Romans, I think I gave you a scripture. In Romans, it says, knowing the time that it is high time to wake out of your sleep. For now is your salvation nearer than when you first believed. He said, he said you, you, you got to know what time it is. He said, the stark in the heaven knows it appointed time. Amen. We've been watching geese now for several months. Uh, they're, they're coming and they're migrating and they're landing in this field out here, hundreds of thousands of them. Amen. And we watched them as they migrated here and we watched them as they migrated back. Amen. I thought about this scripture that even the animals have an inner voice that they know what time it is. They know when it's time to move from one place to another, and they know when it's time to come back. And God said, my people don't even know what time it is in their lives. He said, the ass and the donkey knows his master's voice, but my people don't even know that I'm standing there waiting to invade their lives. He said, the night's far spent, the days at hand, cast off the work of darkness because your Kairos time is here. Amen. In other words, there's some things you're going to have to drop because of what time it is. There's some things in your life, amen, that can't go into this Kairos moment with you. He said, so you got to get ready to let it go. He said, it's high time. It's high time. It's high time. Amen. High time means that the sun is in its most elevated point. It's not going to get no brighter than it is right now. The time can't get no more perfect for you to make your move right now. The time can't get no more perfect for you to embrace your Kairos time. Your purpose. Your purpose. God's plan for your life. Pastor, how do I know? How, how do I know that this is my moment? How do I know this is my time? How do I know it's time for me to move? How do I know it's time for me to start planting? How do I know that it's time for me to start breaking up the fallow ground? How, how, how do I know? Well, my text said, at a certain season, the angel came and troubled the water. And whoever responded while the water was being troubled, stepped into their Kairos time. Are you with me? Whoever responded in a time of trouble. In other words, he said, when the water begins to white cap, it's your time. When all hell is coming against you, who am I teaching this morning? Amen. When everything seems like it's, it's inconvenient and, 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 and nothing is conducive for you to move forward with God, amen, he said, at that moment, it's your time. 
I remember in our first child we went through, amen, for whatever reason, the nurses would let my wife rest until the pain came. And when the pain came, she'd say, all right, honey, it's time to push. It's time to push, amen. So pain is the proof it's time to push. Opposition is the proof it is your Kairos time and you gotta seize the moment. High five your neighbor, tell them seize the moment. When you can't be comfortable anymore, it's a sign. Some, some of us ain't even recognized it. I don't understand it. I'm just not happy with my church. I'm just not happy with the preacher. I'm just not happy with my life. I'm just, I'm just not happy with anything in my life, amen. I just ain't got no peace. I ain't got no joy. I'm not happy with my prayer life. I'm not happy with my spirituality, amen. And it's the angel all time agitating you. Can y'all receive this? He's just agitating the water, amen? Because you're gonna lay on the bank of dysfunction until he brings agitation in your life, amen? And then you start saying, amen, I can't lay here any longer. I got to move. I got to do something. I got to push. Uh, am I talking to anybody in this place? I'm telling you the Lord has spoken to me that he wants to bring revival to Caldwell Parish. But if we don't recognize the time... Amen. I don't know if you know it or not, but we as a church corporately are being agitated right now. It's being shaken right now. It's being troubled right now. Will somebody wave at me? If you know, it's just trouble, trouble, trouble. And every bit of it is to get you off the porch of your bad habits. Some of us wouldn't even be here right now if trouble hadn't brought you here. Huh? You can relate to that, huh? Yeah. If God would have just let the water stay calm, you'd still be addicted. Hmm? You'd still be running out there like a heathen. But sometimes God will bring everything crashing down and he just causes a turbulence in the water. Amen. Some of you right now ought to be shouting all over this building. My God, I'm almost, I'm that close to a miracle. Amen. Because there ain't nothing but destruction and agitation in my life. But them dysfunctional people laid on the porch as long as everything was going smooth. But when the water started white capping, they went to crawling. I don't know what you're going to have to do, but I do know you got to move. You got to get in the water while the water's being troubled. You can't wait. Is anybody listening to me in this place? I don't care. You may have to roll. You may have to scoot. I know one thing you can't do. You can't wait on somebody else to put you in the water. Amen. That's what that man said, Lord, I, I can't get in the water because I ain't got nobody to pick me up and carry me to the water. Amen. You ought to start pulling yourself. Amen. I don't feel like praying, but I'm going to pray. I don't feel like pushing, but I'm going to push. I don't feel like going to church, but I'm going to push. Why? Because there's agitation in my life, and it's to prove there is a kairos waiting on me right now. I got to quit. Are y'all listening to me? Some of you have misjudged your kairos. You, mis you misjudged your kairos. Trouble wasn't the time to quit. It was time to crawl. It was time to scoot. It was time to push. 
It's time to forget about anything and everybody else around you, amen, and start pulling your way into the movement. He said, knowing the time, that it's high time to awake out of sleep because your purpose is standing at the door, your kairos moment. And the Bible says, he that observes the wind will not sow. He that watches the clouds will never plant. If you're waiting for circumstances to adjust and be conducive for you to step in your calling, we're going to be standing before God and he's going to be saying, where's the missionary? Where's the accountant? Where's this? Where's that? Well, I was just waiting until I got the kids raised. I got the kids raised. I was going to, go, I was going to do what I know God called me to do. Then we get the kids raised and we got retirement to deal with. Then we wait on that, amen. At one point, I'm just too young. I'm just not smart enough. I just don't know. I just don't know enough. And we wait and we wait and we wait until, amen, I'm too old. I don't have the strength. I don't have the energy I used to have. And we let our Kairos moment pass us up. The Holy Spirit's told me this morning there is Purposes and plans all across this building right here that God has written in your book. Put it deep down in your spirit and today's the day to seize the moment. Today. Kairos is so subtle. You're saying, well, I don't feel nothing. I don't feel nothing. The sun's not even positioned right. It's the wrong season to be planting. And your Kairos time will suddenly come and it'll suddenly slip right out of your life and you never embrace what God called you to do. Today, God is requiring for you to get off the porch. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.